Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 196 of Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Great to have you with me again on another week of our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. So, so glad to have you with me again. Check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com for many other resources, as well as we can connect and communicate through the website. Would love to hear from you. And as always, it would be a great service to us if you would leave a review and a rating wherever you may be listening and share this with your friends through your social media platform and just by word of mouth. Ordinary people, extraordinary lives. That's our goal is that we're just ordinary folks, but with good leadership, with healthy leadership, it can lead to extraordinary moments. And it's a privilege to have you with me again, sitting here at the microphone, sharing some thoughts with you that I believe can help you be a healthy leader, an effective leader, a decisive leader, the kind of leader that other people trust and that other people look to for direction, for vision, for a negotiation, for a compromise, for decision-making, for solving conflicts, for keeping things moving forward. So I'm really glad that you are with me again on our podcast. As I said, this is episode 196, and today I want to talk about what it means to make decisions, leaders who make decisions. And I want to share with you today four simple steps that can help you in the process of making decisions. I've been in guilty of making decisions too rash and too quick, and it's caused a lot of problems down the road, and maybe you have too. And so today, let's talk about some good practical steps. Can you recall a time when you made a decision too quickly, you were impatient, you were too excited even, and so you just made a decision and you believed that it would be a good decision and you only realized after the fact that the decision wasn't that good, that you didn't think through the ramifications of that decision, you didn't get the appropriate information, you didn't talk with those around you until you actually find out that the decision that you are so excited about or the decision that you are so afraid to make in reality turned out to be not a helpful decision or a decision that moves things forward, but it actually created more hindrance, more resistance, more confusion, maybe more mistrust. I think one of the reasons that we often are too hasty in making decisions is because of mistrust in the organization, so you feel like you're the only one that can make it. Another reason that we make hasty decisions is not just because of mistrust, it can also be because of our own impatience. We just simply don't have the discipline and the character and the maturity to exercise patience in decision-making. Another reason we make hasty decisions is because of ignorance. We don't have enough information. We only have this data set, and based upon that data set, a quick decision is made. If we had been patient and gathered more data, talked to more people, did more research, contemplated and considered it more, then maybe more data would have emerged and we would have come to a different decision. So a lack of trust, ignorance, 
uh, impatience, lack of character. These are reasons why we can make hasty decisions that actually hurt instead of help. So I want to offer you today four very simple steps that can help you in your decision-making process. Leaders make decisions. And it's important that we think through the decisions we're making and have a a time-tested and tried simple process. And this is just a basic framework. There's more nuance and detail that you may want to add to this structure. But this simple steps will help leaders make the kind of decisions consistently, consecutively over the long haul that actually produces trust and it brings added value to the people you're leading, to the organization you're leading, to the ministry that you're leading. So leaders make decisions and we want to move forward and talk about four simple steps. Here is step number one information gathering. You've got to gather information. Now, this step is so important because you want to make informed decisions, and you want to make decisions that gather the kind of information from people, from facts, maybe from spreadsheets, maybe there's data, maybe there's feedback, maybe there's surveys, maybe there's other ways that you can gather input, and the more input you can gather, you can make a decision. Now, the downside of this is that you actually experience paralysis by analysis, that you get too much data, and even some of that data can conflict with each other, that you then make no decision. And so we're not wanting to oversaturate the information gathering phase, but it is important that you and I don't make decisions in a vacuum, that we go out and we ask some questions, we listen well, we ask other people for feedback, we get whatever data we need, And so we do some gathering of that information that is related to the decision that is at hand. And that is such an important point because some of the information you get is not directly connected to the decision you're making. And now you get bogged down and chasing rabbits and chasing data trails that aren't actually helpful for the decision that is sitting in front of you. And so you want to consider the sources, people, feedback, those that are invested You want to think organizationally, who above me needs to give feedback, who beside me as a peer needs to give feedback, who on the org chart below me needs to give feedback, what volunteers or attendees or gatherers need to give feedback, and find a way to get this data and then look at it and and analyze it and see what constant and consistent themes or feedback you're getting. gathering information. It's it's asking the question, what do I need to know that I don't know? What do I need to know that I don't know? The second step is to evaluate what your options are. So you've gathered some data and inevitably the data is going to lead you to some options. You're going to begin to recognize that these are the decisions that are in front of you and the ones that seem most practical, most pragmatic, and most helpful. And rather than just jumping on the first good option, that pops up and run with it as your decision. I believe you want to take some time to evaluate these, research your options, talk about your options. You're not just talking to people about getting feedback and getting the data and getting the information, but you're also wanting to talk to people to say, okay, well, if if this is the information set we have and we need to make a decision and this, this new information, this more information is going to help us make a better decision, then what are the options that we have in front of us. And you want to consider the positives and the negatives with these options. 
you may want to, if available, evaluate, talk through what are the risks and what are the benefits. And you also want to talk about which of these decisions that we're going to make or these options that are in front of us are most in alignment with our values, our mission, what we're trying to accomplish. You don't want to make decisions that are in conflict with your values because now you're sending a confusing message. It starts to sound like you'll compromise or you will cave to whatever is short-term beneficial and is in conflict with your long-term values. Now, maybe your values need adjustment and maybe your values need some explanation. Maybe your values need more added to them that can make room for the decisions and the options that you're looking at. But you don't want to make decisions without having thought through your options, evaluating them, measuring the positives, the negatives, the risks, the benefits, and then sort of working through your value grid, which of these decisions or these options are most in alignment with our values. And lastly, on analyzing and evaluating our options, we want to know what are the possible outcomes of each decision. And so you've measured all of that. And so you've gathered information in, in various forms. You've looked at it. You've talked about it. You've maybe categorized it. You've researched it. You've labeled it. You've condensed it down. And then that leads you to some wonderful options. And you're analyzing those options and you're evaluating those options. And the third step for leaders who make decisions is that you need to consider the impact of your decision on those in your organization. Now, I lead a not-for-profit organization, and there's hardly, I mean, there are times where a decision I make has a unanimous consensus that everyone would agree, but sometimes I make decisions where only partial of the group organization that I lead will support the decision and others will disagree with that decision. This is why trust is so important because making decisions as a leader is a give-and-take relationship, and people are willing to let you make decisions they disagree with as long as you've thought it through and you can make a case for why you made this decision. Most people will roll with that. Obviously, it depends on how significant the decision is and what are the potential impacts of that. But for most of us as leaders, our leadership life are a lot of small decisions that we make every day. And then that leads to you know, a, a, a momentum and, and, and a, a, a multiplication effect of these small decisions every day that start to make a big impact. And so you want to consider the impact of your decisions on other people. Consider that impact upon your paid staff. Consider that impact upon your volunteers, those who are contributing week in, week out with energy, with time, with uh, influence. And you want to consider the impact on those out on the outer rings of your influence. Because effective decision-making involves the consideration and what it's going to mean for those around you. So you think about how the decision will affect different people in different groups. I have found that I can't adequately consider the impact all by myself. I want to really state this for us as leaders, is how many decisions do we make by ourselves versus how many decisions do we make with, with others, with others, with, 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 with others, not just for others. And the more you can have collaboration and congruence and momentum and synergy with a group of people, maybe a small group, slightly larger group, I wouldn't make it too big on the decision-making because you get too many opinions, then you have too many different opinions and you don't make a decision. But with that small group, you've gathered information, you've analyzed and evaluated your options, and you're considering the, in, the impact of these options. 
and you do it together as a group and you begin to recognize what those are and you start to clarify. These are the decisions we're going to make. At the end, if you're the leader, people are going to look to you for the final input and to own the decision that you make. But I just want to really caution you that a lot of the decisions you make, you can make on your own and they're small decisions and people will run with it. There are other decisions that it's best if you invite people into your space, have a conversation and gather information and analyze your options and consider the impact of these options and do it together as a group. The upside to that is that people don't see you out there as an isolated leader doing things all by yourself all the time. They see you working hard for collaboration, for community, for synergy, for momentum, for consensus building for compromise. They see you willing to do that, and they see you working hard to make decisions that are good for everybody, and it's good for the organization, its values, its mission, its goal, its purpose. And so when you begin to consider, it actually shows a sense of maturity and patience and willingness to listen. And I had a a leader tell me one time, Lance, people uh, have, when people get weigh-in, then you get buy-in. People don't want to have buy-in unless they have weigh-in. And when you meet together as a group and you consider the impact of your decisions, whatever it may be, and you let people weigh in, then there's a higher likelihood that you're going to have their buy-in. Step number four, step number four on leaders make decisions is to take action. You actually have to make a decision. You make a decision, you communicate the decision, you implement the decision, and you let it roll out, whatever that decision may be. It might have immediate effect and immediate positive or negative consequences. Some decisions, it takes time before that data, that input, that feedback begins to roll around. But you want to take action. See, leaders who make decisions aren't just good at gathering data, analyzing options, considering the impact of those options on others, and then saying, wow, well, we made a decision. No, you didn't actually make a decision. You just gathered all the kind of information needed to make a decision. You actually have to take action. So when you take action, think about how you're going to roll that out. You know, who needs to know? What have you done? What, what do others need to do? Where is delegation involved in this? Like actually implementing the decision that you made. What memos need to be written? What emails need to be sent? What people need to be communicated with personally? What delegation do you need to give others? What resources do other people need in order to roll out and implement the decisions that you have made? So you implement your decision and your chosen course of action. And you simply make that decision, then you own it, and you're excited about it, and you're clear on it. And there's not a lot to the taking action, I would say, outside of delegation, resources, communication, connection. Make that decision, and boom, go for it. And so the fifth step of leaders make decisions is what I call the review. It is the feedback. It's once you've made a decision, and again, it's going to be circumstantial. It's based upon the decision you made, how quick do you get feedback, how quickly are you getting a responsiveness for whatever it is that you decided to do. You may need to make adjustments. And so you want to review. Don't, you know, some decisions, again, it's just so circumstantial. So I wanted to give you just sort of some guiding principles 
that you took action, you made a decision, you communicated, you delegated, you, you, you allocated resources, people are implementing the decisions, the decision that you made. Does that decision require feedback? Does that decision require a review? And if so, that's the fifth step of making a decision. I've often found that leaders that are willing to get feedback are, the, are more trustworthy leaders. I mean, I love decisive leaders, but I don't like stubborn leaders. I like decisive leaders, but I don't really trust isolated leaders. I like decisive leaders, but I feel like I can invest more, work harder, contribute more, be more creative when there is some space for collaboration, for review, for feedback. And so if your decision allows for it, then you want to have regular moments where you review the decision and its results. You seek feedback and you adjust as necessary. And so this decision that you make, it's almost like it's living, it's breathing, it's inhaling and it's exhaling, and you're willing to adjust this decision based upon the immediate feedback loop that you're getting, both from the people, from the data, et cetera, et cetera. And people, people have a hard time struggling with leaders who make decisions and it's not working and they simply sort of stick their head in the sand that it's not working. Yeah, it's difficult to continue to have trust in that environment. And one of the things that I love about the power of trust, and we talk about it at various times on our podcast, is that when trust is in place, it breeds creativity, collaboration, community, connection, courage, calmness, curiosity. Trust is so important. And willingness to review the decision or decisions that you made and the results that are being played out in real time, whether those results are, were on your consideration of the impact or not, it is the real results that's happening. And so you learn from it and you make adjustments. This is going to help you be a better leader. It's going to help you make better decisions in the future. And it's going to continue to breed trust, collaboration, connection on your team. Five Simple steps, simple principles for leaders who make decisions. Gather the information, evaluate your options, analyze them and evaluate your options. Consider the impact of these options on others. Take action, actually make a decision, and then review. Review the action that you've taken. Really, really helpful steps. It's a framework for making decisions and it's important that you remember this is not always a linear process like you automatically go to first base, then second base, then third base. No, this is requires flexibility, adaptability, strong connection, great communication, good listening. And in that environment, you will make the best decisions possible. And that'll be great, great leadership. So I hope this helps you today, friends, on episode 196 of our little podcast, our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. My friends, stay healthy and stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you next time.